I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, y'all, welcome back to a Tuesday, July 4th, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Happy July 4th to everybody checking out today's program uh, here on this holiday week. Um, been holding on to this one for a couple days. We did a special Atlanta Sports Guys uh, with Max Markovich uh, and myself to talk about the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Hawks only. On this edition of the program, we talked about... Um, where they're going, our off-season wish list uh, for the Hawks and what we would like to see them do. Little Kobe Bufkin, Clint Capella, Nyeka Nkongwa, DeJounte Murray, um, the wing depth, going super young at the wing spots in Atlanta going forward, Jalen Johnson, all that and more uh, with Max Markovich on today's special Atlanta sports guys. Uh, But yeah, there you go. Hopefully Pascal Siakam uh, is not a Hawk by the time this gets posted in a little bit because that... Uh, I don't know. Is that happening this week? Hope not. Uh, I think uh, I think I'm good. Uh, Trey Young, Pascal, and Chante uh, Murray. Uh, just no, no, not on either of our wish lists. Uh, I can go ahead and spoil that one uh, as we get ready for uh, this edition of the program. But thank you guys as always for checking out the program. If you are already a, are a subscriber, and if you are already a subscriber please 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 make sure you leave this show a five-star rating and write a review on apple Podcasts or spotify if that is how you are listening to today's show if you're a new uh first-time listener land sports guys new episodes live every saturday uh generally speaking but uh today we saved it with just the weird holiday week and timing and all that so land sports guys coming to you on a tuesday when it is on a Saturday. So uh, if you are a diehard Atlanta sports fan, look out for that every weekend here on our mini local hour productions here on the Chase Thomas podcast. And thank you for checking out today's program. So if you like what you hear, please make sure you subscribe on your preferred podcast player, new content each and every day right here on this feed. We also are on YouTube, full episodes, clips, shorts, all that good stuff over on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Chase Thomas podcast, like, and subscribe, all that good stuff. And then, of course, you want to get in touch with the show uh, and talk all things Atlanta with us or any questions for us, you can tweet at us at podchasethomas or you can email the show at chasethomaspodcast at gmail.com. There you go. All right. Uncle Darren, holiday edition. Let's go. 
Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Everything School HQ, the home of the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers, Max Markovich's favorite, where him and the Michigan men themselves are going to be locked in on Joe Milton and the Tennessee Volunteers all season long. He's going to have dual screens for the year of just Michigan games because they're going to be on at noon. Tennessee will be on at noon, and you're just going to go from big noon kickoff on Fox, and you're like, uh-oh, what's Joe doing against Virginia? What's Joe doing against Florida? You're going to be locked in. Are you ready? You're only 60 days away from the dual screens, Max. I just I just can't wait for like draft season to come around. Milton's going to have a pretty good year because Heifel's mm. offense is like, I'm pretty sure I could throw for 30 okay. touchdowns. I, I don't off. have to mute you 50 seconds into the podcast. It's, it's a compliment to Heifel. I'm just saying like, I don't think Hennon Hooker is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't think Joe Milton's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Like whatever. I don't, we, we, we could, if you want, scrap the outline for this podcast Go half on Joe Milton, half on Kobe Bufkin. I can give you the whole thing. I don't want any of that. No, I think um, I'm but good. But I, I keep seeing these lists where, like, either the draft lists or, like, best quarterbacks or whatever, and, like, J.J. McCarthy and Joe Milton, they're, like, one and two. Or not one and two, but, like, like next to each other. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, if I have to hear people talk about how Joe Milton's a better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy, we might have some issues. I mean, he is. So um, we'll talk. Uh, we can talk. Uh, so much time to hash this out. So we do. Much. We do have. And that's why they play the games in the field on Saturdays, Max Markovich, is so we can it actually is, see it what is, it looks like. That is why the back-to-back uh, Big Ten champions uh, take the field on Saturdays uh, to, to continue to prove their back-to-back Big Ten championness. Well, to be fair, we don't really – like, Michigan's good. They're in a great spot, and I promise we'll talk Atlanta, folks. But um, and there's also a lot of Michigan fans in Atlanta, and I think there are a lot of uh, local Atlantans who end up at Michigan. You're one of them. Um, so I think it's okay. And a lot of Tennessee fans in Atlanta. Like, it's a, it's still a college sports town. Like, a lot of Atlanta Hawks fans, if you go to a game, you'll see a Michigan sweatshirt. You'll see a Michigan hat. You might see a Tennessee hat. Like, it's a hodgepodge. And if you know where to go on Saturdays on game day – there are different bars for different. I know there is a Michigan bar. Where is the Michigan bar in Atlanta? I know there is one. I never went in Atlanta, to be honest. Well, I think. I mean, I'm sure there is. Like, what was it called? It was the one. It was like surely, I think the one downtown, downtown, like over there by Hard Rock, was a Michigan bar. Um, it was on Peachtree Street, but it's obviously no one's walking down there and like hitting up Hard Rock for college <laughs> game day. But I forgot what it's called. I don't remember. But anyway, it was a Michigan bar. And the only reason I know that is because I remember a bunch of Michigan fans when the Michigan made the final four in Atlanta, they were all in there. And I just remember seeing all these Michigan fans in this one spot. And I was like, oh, maybe that's the Michigan bar in Atlanta. Never knew that. Um, well, there you go. That's the, that is the Michigan minute on this very program. Don't need a sponsor. Don't want we'll one. We'll come back next week for another minute. Yeah, another minute of Michigan. I'm sure Georgia fans listening would love to talk about Michigan implementing a beat Georgia component to the practice, uh, which I I have no takes on at this moment. Well, y'all are similar in a lot of different ways, and the biggest one is that you're not your season doesn't really start until late November. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, it's not a hopefully. Like that just sucks. I feel like like it it's such a suck. boring year. It does like, not you, suck. 
It has it does to not suck. It's it has not to suck. I, I don't believe you. Like Alabama fans who said they've enjoyed the majority of the same. Day, I, I don't believe you. Winning football games is fun and I'm in favor of them. No, but you want to like have some. But also like matchups. that's actually a little less true this year because, well, mm. it's not really. But like Penn State is going to be potentially legit. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, obviously Ohio State. Uh, and then I don't know. I mean, you're right. But then once you, USC and UCLA come into the Big Ten, it's like. It's just the SEC. Well, it's, it's not just the SEC. Let's go ahead and, like, let's not do that. Um, Max, let's let's not do that. But what we can do is do our theme podcast this week. So no Garrett Chapman. He's out being a good boyfriend. So shout out to Garrett on that front. We support it. As a wife guy, we support it um, on this very program. But we are going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks specifically Max, it's you and I's bread and butter. Um, the Hawks, look, they took Kobe Bufkin. We talked about that in the group chat. Mixed thoughts on that one. Um, it's only time will tell. Uh, you're not going to believe this. Only time will tell. But we did our off-season wish list here. And with July 1st uh, being tomorrow and today when folks are listening to this and just what we're already seeing on Twitter.com about like how crazy this really might get right out of the gate, I want to do an, uh, just an off-season wish list for what we want the Hawks to do because I sent you the link to um, Sarit uh, Soe and um, who was it? Michael Pena of The Ringer, um, The Answer, The NBA Show, which is really good. And I like listening to them. They did 20 minutes on uh, the Hawks and the John Collins trade and what they should do. And I, it just got me thinking, or I was like, what would be like the wish list? Because it, there, it just seems like there are two very different perspectives on the Hawks and what they should do. And especially the local folks versus the national folks. So I wanted to parse through this with you, Max, as the Hawks expert on this very program. What is first on your wish list for this off season? What, if you had it your way, what's number one on your Hawks wish list? This okay. Yes. I think the priority here is a soft hard, hard emphasis on soft reset. Mm. Um, Clearly, there's a mandate to get into the luxury tax, and I think we could talk about that. But I do think part of part of what's folded into that is is turning over to a little bit of a younger group of role players who are ready to contribute and just don't have the minutes to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Hunter's on an expensive contract. John Collins is already gone on his expensive contract. Um, Clint Capella is on an expensive contract. These guys are older and they have backups who are younger and are ready to contribute. So number one on my wish list is to free up minutes for specifically AJ Griffin, uh, Jalen Johnson, and Anyeka Kongwu. So that's Anthony interesting. Density Bay. They've already Thank done for that. They've already, they've already done that at the four. I think they're they're done at the four. Hmm. Uh, I mean, not done, done, but like I think that the plan is to have Sadiq and Jalen take the bulk of the minutes at the four. And I like what that does for the offense. I like what that does for the fluidity of the team, the versatility. Those are two different types of players who bring different types of things and are both potentially very valuable. And I think you have to get Jalen Johnson more minutes. Um, And I think that they have effectively done that by shedding John Collins for nothing. Uh, Fine. I think you have to free up minutes for AJ Griffin. And I think that this is going to be a little more complicated. Mm. Um, the, the, the wing slash guard situation is very murky right now. Mm. They extended bogey, um, which 
I don't know. I, I, I love Bogey. I don't know why they did that. Do you like, think they do it they... now with the new CBA being what it is? I don't think they do it now. I mean, they're talking all about this luxury tax situation, and yet they, I mean, I don't know. Like, they're paying Trey the max. They mm. would probably like to, to pay uh, DeJounte Murray the max. Um, and they drafted A.J. Griffin, who who can be a facsimile of Bogey, uh, mm. right? Like, isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. So I don't know, and they're paying DeAndre Hunter. And I don't know, like, I still don't know why they did that. Um, And I wonder if maybe they will quietly look to get off of that extension before it even kicks in. I don't know. I like Bogey as a player, um, but I think if we're trending toward the, like, get younger, get cheaper, Mm. and potentially, like, cheaper and younger doesn't mean worse. Like, I think all three of those guys, the reason that I want them to get minutes is because I think they provide this upside that the Hawks don't really otherwise have. Like, the Hawks have capped out sort of what they are going to be with the previous, I don't even want to say core because Trey is the core, but like mm. the previous group, right? And part of the the thing that they need is a little bit of variance. They need mm. a little bit of like, what is the upside here? The upside is in those three guys, in my opinion. Mm. And I would like to see them trade Clint Capella. I don't think they will. Uh, we've talked about this a number of times, but I would like that. I think Anyeka Kongwu has the type of upside versatility um, that Quinn Snyder really likes and is cheaper. And 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 they're going to have to talk about extending him soon. So, like, what does an extension for Anyeka Kongwu look like right now when you don't really know what you have? Well, we'll hold the Clint Capella because I think there's two that competing. Was a lot. I, I threw a lot at you there. Yes. But the the number one wish on my wish list is to free up minutes for those guys. And I think that's fair. I just wonder when you talk about like freeing up minutes and opportunities. And I think for some folks, like on the national side, it's like you just John Collins is a good player. He was like the contract's not great, but like what he shot post pinky injury, like he was rounding into form. Like that's like one of the things that's probably going to be overlooked when you talk about John Collins. But then um, Sarit had a good stat about like the dunk drop off from two years ago. Cause like when you're watching the games, like us watching them, you notice that like he was in the corner. He was not the same, just diving and cutting and that kind of dude that we saw and that what made him a great different kind of piece, like a different kind of player for the Hawks that worked. And I don't think that's what, Quinn Snyder wants to do like we've heard about the motion offense and all that kind of stuff and how Kobe fits in with that and we'll get into Buffkin but I just I wonder with him if it's gonna be a set like what that actually means if they do clear up minutes for AJ they do clear up minutes for Jalen they do clear up minutes for Sadiq Bay. they get significantly younger significantly cheaper and then I think the Buffkin pick to me the more I think about it I think Bogey's days are numbered because I think the plan I don't think you want to pay bogey when you can have a player like Kobe on a rookie contract doing a lot of the same stuff, being that third ball handler and being that third, just the third guard. And he's just kind of mm-hmm. built for that kind of role that like you need to find different ways for roster management purposes. I love bogey. I don't think that's a contract that you want to keep around based on the Kobe pick. And then with AJ, I think he's the toughest person to find minutes for because I think AJ needs to be the starting three. And with DeAndre, do you sell low on DeAndre? Because he should be more valuable than John Collins on the market. Like, I just think DeAndre 
some teams should talk it themselves into a DeAndre Hunter guy. Like it, my biggest thing is just, he's not available. The other biggest thing was that when people were talking about DeAndre Hunter coming out and the Hawks trading up for him, the biggest red flag I had was just Trey and the way Trey plays where it's like the best version of DeAndre can't happen in Atlanta because it requires Trey young to play off the ball. It requires Trey young to give up responsibilities. It requires the coaching staff and the front office to commit to being like, Hey, this is another high lottery guy, Trey. Like we have to the make this all work to get the best version of him and Cam Reddish really at the time is they have to fail. They have to also bring the ball up a lot. They also have to initiate the offense. They also have to do um, pick and roll stuff. They also have to be found on screens. They also have to be shooting a lot of threes. Like there, I just, I don't know if that path is ever going to happen in Atlanta. And I also don't think AJ is the kind of guy where I'm, is concerned obviously the contract's better but i think he's just so smooth he has so much harrison barnes in him to me where i'm just like i think he just he fits more of what quinn like i think the ultimate goal for what quinn's trying to do is he wants three three wings and then a high pick and roll just high pick and roll you to death with trey and capella and or and yaka and kongwo and that to me i just I think Sadiq and Jalen, I don't know if Jalen, like you and I, we differ on the Jalen Johnson upside and what he will ultimately be here in Atlanta. But I'm also not convinced that they're going into the year for minutes and that it's going to be that settled, that they're going to roll with AJ, DeAndre, Sadiq, and Jalen, that the John Collins trade was it and they're doing this young infusion. I don't get the sense that that's actually what they're going to do. So- and I think they're going to do something else. We're creeping into another on my wish list, uh, mm-hmm. which is I don't like the wing situation right now. Um, well, let's get into it. For a number of reasons. I think what you said about AJ makes sense at the three, but AJ and Sadiq mm. as your wings leaves you super vulnerable defensively, mm. uh, especially when Trey Young is your lead guard. Mm. Um, like that. I don't know how that team becomes even close to average defensively. And so AJ might need to be the two AJ. Yeah. Well, if they, if they trade, uh, well, DeJounte. Uh... <laughs> but, but so here's the thing with that though, is then, then you're in the same predicament. This is what happens when you build around Trey young. Like you're in the mm. same predicament you were in before you traded for DeJounte of your backcourt is just such a defensive liability that it's impossible to, to construct it otherwise. And, and yeah, the thing that I hate most about the roster construction right now, the thing that I think Jalen will help alleviate, Jalen Johnson will help alleviate, is you are incredibly dependent on DeAndre Hunter mm. as a perimeter defender. Um, and I think DeAndre Hunter is a good perimeter defender. I don't think he's like a great perimeter defender, but I think he's a, a solidly above average perimeter defender. But beyond that, like there are no real true you know, wings in the the way that they exist in the league now of like those, you know, six, eight long arms uh, can guard one through four pretty comfortably. I think Jalen can become one of those guys. Um, but I don't think you can feasibly trot out like a, a closing lineup of Trey DeJounte, AJ, Sadiq, and clint or or anyaka and like expect that to work so one of the things on my wish list is like just more wing bodies like true Mm. wing bodies that doesn't have to be like an expensive thing i'm not in on the paul george 
stuff out there. I don't think that makes any sense. No. Um, I don't think like, I don't think this has to be like a super expensive endeavor, but I do think like they need to find the expense here is like, you gotta, you gotta trim, you know, they're part of the rotation. So who does that come at the cost of? Um, I feel like it needs to be, it kind of reminds me of the Falcons, right? Like post Dimitrov where you had to eat your medicine for two years I, to I rebuild. I was just about to say that. that I think is, that's what they have that, to do. That's 100% what they have to do because it's, yeah. I mean, you got to turn it over to the younger guys. I don't think you have to be as bad as the Falcons were while they're doing this, but you mm. have to, I mean, they signed some, they made some pretty dumb, you know, extension decisions, let's just mm-hmm. say. Like, the Collins contract obviously was not a positive around the league. Uh, he was traded for essentially neutral value. Um, I don't, that seems like they're trying to get off the DeAndre deal and are having some trouble. Um, Bogey may be untradeable right now with his knee stuff. Bogey, his contract. I, I, you know, I don't know. But like, if you're, if you're building a roster that's more, I don't know, let's say even, um, that would mean probably getting off bogey and transferring those minutes to like a more of a traditional wing. Um, and I don't know. I, that That is something that I think needs to happen though. Which leads us to the biggest eat your medicine. I think you trade DeJounte. Like it's cool yeah, that the story comes this, out. But I want to, I want to hear it. Here's the thing. It comes down to whether or not you believe there is a chance that DeJounte and this Hawks team is better this year than they were a year ago. Because DeJounte's contract is up at the end of this year. A lot is riding on this year. And if we're talking about running into next year with a youth movement at the wing spots and letting them learn and fail and struggle a little bit, like AJ getting more opportunities, Jalen getting more opportunities, Sadiq getting more opportunities, that to me lends itself to some losses. That lends itself to another lot like right on the cusp the play-in situation all over again that also makes me wonder what is the point like is DeJounte's timeline ever going to match up with based on what we saw last year I didn't see enough that makes me think Trey and DeJounte is worth locking into long term and if you're not going to lock into DeJounte Murray after this year because you haven't seen in that like it just it's a it's a swing that I understood at the time, like we talked about in the pod last summer, where it's like you have to at some point with where Trey was, you have to take a big swing. Like after making the Eastern Conference Finals and struggling the way you did with what the defense became, like you had to take some sort of big all-star-esque swing in a small market. Like you kind of just had to do something. They made the wrong choice. And I think that's tough for Landry and this new regime to swallow publicly, to be like, hey, that we're not going to get great return like what they gave up for DeJounte they will not come close to getting back for DeJounte but with the new tax apron with the fact that they're definitely not going to the tax anyway like they can say we're gonna do it like if need be like I'll believe when I see it like I'm just gonna operate on the assumption that they are not going to do that and also I wouldn't do that with this team right now Mm -hmm. I would do it at the right time this team is not the right time so I would eat my medicine I would start AJ at the two see what that looks like, and do AJ, DeAndre, Tadiq, and Capella, and Alada and Yekka minutes too. But 
I understand there's that's a lot of youth around Trey. We'll see how much Trey likes that. But I think that's the way to go because you really need to see what you have in AJ this year. I don't believe the Trey DeJounte fit is ever going to work. I think DeJounte is going to leave anyway next summer. I think you should look at it that way. He's a sunk cost because if he leaves for nothing, that's a bad look on your franchise and a bad look for this new front office. And if you lock him in, the fans are still like, why are we locking in this core a, a borderline playing team? It's a lose-lose. So for me, I just trade, I try to get something back. Try to get, I don't know, a Bojan, like in Detroit. Like, see what you can get. See what is out there for somebody like him. I would love Bojan. Bojan would be incredible at trade. Like, he's actually one of the few that I would be like, oh, that's a seamless fit. I think he would actually be awesome. I just... I don't know what the right trade is for DeJounte. I know Hawks fans would hate it. I know what the optics would be for that trade, but I would rather get in front of it now than kick the can down the road to next summer because I think it will be a whole lot worse if this team's a play-in team all over again and DeJounte leaves for nothing or you lock in this play on core and just deal with that kind of PR too. I think both of those situations will be worse than just biting the bullet now and saying, we screwed up, let's get ahead of this. We're going to kind of struggle for the next year or two. But then we'll have our money back, we'll get some picks back, and then we'll go big game hunting all over again. Like, that's what I would do. I would do a reset, just a hard reset. So, I think it depends what you think the odds are of re-signing him. Um, I think what do you think they are? If- I have no idea. I have no idea if he, it seems like he likes Atlanta. It seems like he likes the organization and he's seems like the leader of the team sort of, um, which is probably an indictment on the rest of the team. I, I like DeJounte as a player. Like I really like DeJounte as a player. And honestly, the way I would look at it, if I was running this team is if, if this team continues to sort of, plateau at that level then and we've already obviously seen this sort of bubbling the guy who's going to get traded is trey Mm. like and and i think that in the nba you'd be selling Dejounte at a real low right now and i think that the way you do it is just like retain your assets and they're always tradable like Mm. all these guys are always tradable and we're seeing it all the time now where dudes are like yeah they all just get traded for each other because the contracts are the ones that match up and it's Kyrie and Harden. And that's probably going to be another trade this off season, whatever. Like, I think that the reset, you don't soft reset. I mean, you, if you trade DeJounte, you're, you're admitting to some kind of reset, which is inevitably Mm going to piss off Trey, which is inevitably going to force sort of a complete nuke. Uh, Mm. which is really, really not what you want to do because you just traded like three of your picks to San Antonio, right? Uh, I think that you have options. Like, you don't need to force this now. You can always trade DeJounte at the deadline for probably the same compensation. And I just think that it's inevitably getting to a point where Trey is going to ask out if things go poorly. And so I would retain DeJounte because I think outside the context of Trey, 
outside the context of what's going on in Atlanta, I just think DeJounte's a really good basketball player, and I would want to play him the max. Um, in terms of guys who in this league get paid the max, like I like his game. I think that he would fit if a guy like Kobe Bufkin developed, like they would fit really well together. Um, so I don't think there's the urgency to do it now. I think you have to take stock of what does this look like for half a season with Quinn Snyder to understand what you're working with. And I think it would be a little bit rash to preempt that decision. Now, if you know he's not resigning, like if you know that, that's a different conversation. But I I don't know that. And I don't think they know that. Um, so I would I would do all the other things that we have talked about. Gauge Deandre, DeAndre's value, gauge Clint's value, uh, gauge Bogey's value before deciding that that's what I wanted to do. That's fair. I just look at it, they were five uh, points worse with him on the floor with the Hawks last year. Per I don't position. think that's his fault. You know, like I don't I, think I it's a it. Dejounte thing. I just don't like the fit with this group. I just don't think it's ever gonna. I, I don't think it's gonna be a seamless fit. Like to, for him to go from league guard with ninety-two percent of his possessions the year prior in San Antonio being the league guard to only I think twenty-seven percent in Atlanta. I just don't think that's what he wants to do i don't think that's something that is going to be the long-term answer there for him and i think that's probably why he leaves anyway is i think he still probably wants to be the lead ball handler i think that's that's just going to be hard for him to make that adjustment i could see him having like the the kyle lowry career where he bounces around and then he when the athleticism slows and stuff like that like he just becomes like a 37 percent 38 percent three-point shooter still some strong defense he's always gonna have the length but he's going to want to be the lead guy, the lead veteran on a really good team, like on a contender. Like I could see him being in that situation. I just don't see it being with Trey. But this is like the, this is the, this is the conundrum with a guy like DeJounte Murray. Like Mm. what do you get when he's the lead, the lead ball handler on a team? Like, can you really be a, I guess if he played with like Jokic or whatever, yeah, he could Mm. be a title contender, but like, or a premier wing. what like a Kawhi? like if he is next to a premier wing or something like that i, I think I he I still don't, like i don't know i mean first of all Kawhi, Kawhi uh doesn't play basketball really, well i'm just so. saying the best version like guys like it, Kawhi. Right. um i mean shit if you threw him in milwaukee yeah like we yeah, saw what you holiday really good but like yeah yeah I, I could see him having like a true holiday type evolution um i think he's gonna become a better shooter i think he's already a pretty good shooter i wouldn't say he's a pretty um, good shooter you would not no he's he's 34 percent last year i think he's uh i don't know if he's ever had a, has he had a year above league average shooting i mean he's never taken like he's 34.4 it's not terrible it's 32 the than... year prior 31 the right, year prior I mean, he was taking like not good shots with the spurs like catch and shoot i don't know i'm i'm projecting there uh i think he could be a really good shooter i don't know like he's i think he's a really good free throw shooter right that's usually a decent indicator point being like he i just i just like his game i don't know maybe i'm like kind of a sucker for for the way he plays and when you see a a guy a guy like that a guard like that who scores a lot also like care about defense like Mm -hmm. and work and 
have that mentality. Like, I think that's something guys feed off of. And it's, it's an odd mix with Trey right now. And we'll see what Quinn can do with that. But you know how I'd love him I, with? Who? DeJounte, Kyle Corver, Damari Carroll, Paul Millsap, <laughs> and Al Horford. Like, if he was in the Jeff Teague spot during that era, yeah. love him. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I don't um, think for Trey, if you are committed to Trey, I don't think he's the he's the one. But I also don't even know who the right, like, who, if you're thinking, because I've, the last year and a half, I was just like, if I'm Landry Fields in this front office, I'm thinking James Harden in Houston. Like, that's all I'm thinking with Trey is... Who's the Chris Paul? Who's the veteran who can shoot, like do some of the other stuff? Like forget about the defense. Just sign vet guys. Just find guy the Trevor Reasons in the corner. Find those dudes. Capella and Yeka alternating minutes for your size and the oops and everything else. Like just go down that rabbit hole. That's where you're at. Do that with Trey, and then once that ends, you move on from everybody and start over. But like that's what I would do. I just don't think that's Dejounte. I think they actually need to lean in more and just scoring like they need to lean in to Trey just having someone else who can shoot and just putting so much pressure on opposing defenses with two extremely efficient scary offensive players and DeJounte Murray is never gonna be a scary offensive player teams are like yeah if you want to do the mid-range stuff and dribble a lot and do that you're a little floater like that's that's fine we'll we'll let you do that yeah maybe I don't know this is why it's so hard to like prescribe an easy solution to this roster construction. Like there's a lot of guys on this team that I really like, but it all comes down to that, right? Like yeah. does that duo work or not? And if it doesn't work, you're a little bit screwed. Well, yeah, and I I really don't know which way they're going to go, but my wish list is like the biggest one for me is still trade DJ. I would bite the bullet now. I would just say hey made a big swing didn't work out but we're getting out ahead of this i think you can spin it pretty well actually yeah Uh, i mean like they weren't they weren't the primary decision makers on that trade yeah like they can sort of wash their hands of it yes um i see how it happens and i get the rationale uh i'm not there yet but i get it um I'll say this before we do the clear plan for uh, clear plan for uh, Kobe. We'll save that for the end here because I actually think Seth Lundy plays before Kobe Bufkin. I actually think what? Yeah, I think Seth. I think Seth's gonna be in the rotation first. That is wild. Okay, um, he's gonna be a corner three guy. About? He's gonna play like four minutes, but he's gonna get he's gonna get opportunities. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. I like Seth Lundy, but that's a wild take. Go Look at this Big Ten basketball legend, Max Markovich. He's you're yeah, just I loving watched it. a lot of Seth Lundy. I watched a lot of Kobe Bufkin. I, no. I, well, there you go. well, we'll get into Kobe in a second. I wanted to parse through Enyeka's trade value because everyone throws in the Capella trades. And I'm like, folks, Trey Young, and I've said this a lot, has not looked at Clint Capella for an oop in two years. There is not two players in the Hawks who have been more comfortable and more trusting of one another than Trey and Capella. And Capella, when healthy... I think is still a much more valuable basketball player to the Hawks than Anyeka. We haven't seen Anyeka get extended minutes to the point where we can say that definitively if that what Anyeka looks like at 36 minutes a night. But what we do know is Anyeka's shot's not there. Like that would be the separator. That's when I'm like, all right, I'm ready to move on and Anyeka can get that spot. Capella, he gobbles up boards. 
He still is an intimidating presence inside. He is still someone that the Hawks utilize well, and that size matters um, in a lot of these series. And he play he's played pivotal roles in some rare season games where they would have flat out lost if Capella's not on the floor and was not available for the Hawks. He's still a really good player when he's healthy and ready to go. I just wonder what Anyeka's trade value is. And when you come to the point where you're talking about, like, an extension is coming, what do you do at a certain point? Because, again, Anyeka is not, like, we're at a point where I think an under-talked about portion of this, and we kind of just touched on with DeJounte, this front office didn't draft Anyeka and Kongwu. They have no ties to him. This is all about make Trey happy. Like, I feel like we're in keep Trey happy mode. And Capella is keep Trey happy guy. Like, that is his dude. They have unbelievable chemistry. I just don't see the two ever. Like, if you want to talk about a, a schism, like when Clint Capella, if he were to get traded on draft night to Dallas, I'd be like, it's over. I would have been in the group chat where I'm like, oh, Trey's, we're nearing the end. <laughs> we're nearing we're nearing the end. He's his uh, number one lieutenant. I just don't know what Anyeko trade value is. I also would put him out there. Like, I would see it with this new front office, how do other teams around the league? Because teams love bigs who can do a lot of stuff. Like, we're in a big era where it's, like, bigs who can pass, bigs who can shoot, bigs who can guard multiple positions. Like, those are extremely valuable dudes. And you have the benefit of him not being exposed to this point. Like, he still has the whole, will he start shooting corner threes look that he still has when he plays he still makes a positive impact. He just hasn't done it at a big minute level. And I think there are teams, it's not a Marvin Bagley situation. It's not a sunk cost or a James Wiseman. I am very curious what you could get for Inyeka and Kongwo. And I think I would be more apt to listening to Inyeka trades based on my, my strategy of building the Hawks the next two to three years, which is the Daryl Morey, Houston, James Harden era, where it's like, I just I don't think it's gonna happen, and I understand. You gotta, you gotta. We're here. You gotta eat your vegetables. The main main problem with building the Daryl Morey Rockets is that Trey Young's not as good as James Harden. That's honestly like to me that that's the main thing. Like James Harden at James Harden at his peak was like a historic offensive creator, and like put up some like truly truly outlandish numbers and they were good enough to just like have him be like 40 percent usage or whatever like it's all around you trey's not good enough to do that um and also like i don't think that the mindset here is like do everything possible to make trey happy Mm. Uh, i think there is a little bit of a like hey trey like this is kind of on you now as well to like buy into Quinn. Hmm. And it's clear to me, Quinn loves Onyeka, right? Like, Hmm. I think that, I think that Quinn likes smart, versatile basketball players. I think Onyeka is a smart, versatile basketball player. And he's 22 years old. He missed most of his rookie year with that injury. Like this is effectively his third year in the NBA. This is when it, it happens. And I think we've seen so many glimpses of that, that I'm not, I'm not trading him right before it happens. Like, also, like if you put together a highlight tape of him guarding Giannis, it's got to be one of the more impressive highlight tapes of anyone guarding Giannis in the league. Like, I I think he's well. Is he their best be... trade asset? Um, he would immediately get extended wherever he got traded. Mm. Um, but the extension wouldn't be more than like I don't know. 15 he could end up being a bargain if you trade for him now. 
that's why I want them to extend him now. I want them to trade Capella and extend him now. Um, I, I think that Trey is probably still the best trade asset. Mm. Uh, I understand that it's probably contingent on like the market being there for Trey, but I think in a vacuum, I still think Trey is probably their best trade asset. And I would just say too, when people are like, how can we even debate this? How can Inyeka and Trey be considered? I'm like, look at what Bradley Beal just got moved for. Trey's yeah, me on a max contract. I don't think there are going to be a bunch of teams around the league with the new luxury tax apron stuff that are going to look at Trey and be like, yeah, but let's like, give it all. Like, I don't know what his trade value is. Like, we have seen some bad, quote-unquote, superstar trades of late. Like, I I don't think it's the return would be nearly what a lot of Hawks fans would estimate Trey would net. I think, that's probably, I think that's probably right. But, like, there are some teams out there, and this happens every year now, where they have, like, a ton of cap space mm. and no one to spend it on. And the options end up being, like, trade for big contracts or sign these, like mid-tier free agents to like really bad deals mm. and i think that those are the teams that would like talk themselves into trey young mm. um i don't know like i don't know i i, I don't know but like i also Do don't you know, know should like, actually call about trey houston no no uh, orlando. orlando needs <laughs> to consolidate a little bit you got a lot of talent at the wing there. with bankera with franz I love Wendell Carter. Poor Anthony Black. Just yeah, I don't know where he fits. But then you bring in Jet Howard, and now you have Markel Fultz. You have Jalen Suggs, and I think there is enough there where I think the Hawks would listen. Like a Jalen Suggs. No, I think that'd be an ideal partner for for the Hawks. But it would make Um, sense for the Magic. Get out of there. Give them some competent, like some fun. Get people in the seats. All becomes Trey. Like you have this great thing going with Franz and Boncaro. Do you think it would? Do you think Boncaro and Boncaro has that dog in him? I don't know. I there's think just, he might there's actually... no point in trading for Trey Young if you're not going to put the ball in his hands, you know, yeah. at a really high rate. Well, like, that's why the market I don't think would be that strong. I don't think there are a lot of teams dying to do that at it, that, it, especially it, max number. Let's say like Brooklyn lost, you know, Brooklyn doesn't get Dame or whatever, mm. and they need to consolidate all of their 80 wings and... <laughs> They trade, you know, I, I see they have all these assets, like all these teams that have. And the one I will always keep watching is OKC, mm. not because it makes any sense, but just because like that's the other franchise that like really adores Trey. Um, and I think Tom. at some point that could make sense. I don't know. I don't know when and I don't know why, but it probably wouldn't include SGA. A lot of folks would be like, no, their no, plan no, would be no, to no. pair no, those no. two. SGA yeah. is immediately significantly better than Trey, yeah. right? Like you're not doing that. We're too far down the rabbit hole. But this is part uh, of Trey the offseason. Lot. Like that's why I think this is interesting. There's well, a lot so, of different okay. avenues. I would like to talk about Kobe Buffkin a little bit because I think, I think there is. I'm excited about his versatility in with this team. I'm excited about it now, and I'm excited about it in the future because if you traded one of DeJounte or Trey, like Kobe can fit with either of those guys really mm-hmm. well. Like he, 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 first of all, I have like absolutely no doubt. He's going to be a really good NBA player. Like no doubt. Um, I don't know. Really good. What, what does really good mean? Um, I just think he'll end up being one of those guys who like, who you're like, Oh, 
he just immediately contributes to winning. Like, mm. I think he'll be a starter in his career. I think he'll be a, you know, a six man in his career. Um, I think he'll probably start off in that sort of like James Harden light uh, OKC bench role. Um, mm. And I think he'll do really well with that. You you compared him to, to Jordan Poole on draft night. And I think that's not fair on a couple levels. First of all, he's like wow, infinitely just out the 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 group No, chat. no, I think I think this is important because I obviously watched both of those guys in their college career and like Kobe is infinitely more mature both off the mm. court and on the court. Like he's a really smart basketball player and the other part of that is he I feel like half of what makes guys good in the NBA is like they really freaking care about being good and so they just mm. work all the time on being good. Like yeah. he has that for sure. He was not a good defender when he came to Michigan at all, which made sense. He was 17 years old. Mm. He worked on it, and he was a plus. He was Michigan's best perimeter defender last year by a lot. Um, he is going to be a better shooter than he was in college. Um, mm. It's it's all there, and I just think he's a very he Hawks fans are really gonna like him. Um, and I think that if he becomes what I think he can become, and I think he should have been a fringe top 10 pick this year, mm. I think that it adds some intrigue to what you can do with that backcourt in terms of trading guys or in terms of like, here's like a real weapon. Um, so, but I think what the Hawks have struggled with over the last few years is like, they don't have plans for these guys when they come in. Mm. They don't, they, they, the young guys, like the rotations already sort of set and they wedge their way in when their injuries or whatever, and they're jerked around and sort of like not given a chance to succeed or fail. They need to have a plan for him because I think, I think he's going to end up being a really big part of the future in a way that you, that isn't normally the case when you draft the guy 15th overall in the NBA. That's fair. I just, where does he fit? Like, there's just, if DeJounte's around, like, how many minutes is he realistically looking at? I just, and also the bogey trap. Like, bogey, I think, blocks him in a way where I just, I love bogey to death. I think the writing is on the wall now. I think it's a misallocation of assets if bogey is still in this roster this time next year. You draft Kobe Bucket to move on from bogey. That's the goal. I completely agree. Um, I don't actually think they're that similar players, but I do think they have redundant roles on the mm. team. Like, I think Kobe is a lot more seamless as a third guard because he can handle the ball. Mm. He can run the offense. Bogey, like, isn't really going to do that. Bogey's a better shooter, um, and Bogey's a better basketball player because he's 29 or whatever and a veteran. But... I think that Kobe makes a lot more sense as a fit in this offense as the third guard. To answer your question about when is he going to play, it's going to be as like a, at first, as like a, um, you know, give Trey a break, give DeJounte a break, play with the other one. Maybe they go small, uh, AJ's in or whatever as a sort of a bench unit. But like, I don't know. I think those questions are often like, answered by injury answered by rest answered by like he's, bogey's he's gonna, not the healthiest player of all time bogey's not the healthiest player uh you know even the stars who play the most in the nba play like 70 games yeah um he'll play especially if they trimmed out that backcourt a little bit and i just think he's gonna be really good and i'm excited for that as a homer for sure but also as like a, i think he like 
I'm not. I don't think Chad Howard is going to be a very good NBA player. I'm very confident Kobe Buffkin is going to be a good NBA player. Interesting. I mean, I hope that's the case. It seemed like that was their guy, their target all along. It wasn't really a hesitation there that it was. Which is interesting, right? Like, I I would think that if they were targeting a position, it would not have been guard. Yeah. It would have been wing, but. I was hoping Grady Dick was the pick, too. That was the one that he could have gotten there. Grady Dick would have made a lot of sense. I would have been cool with that. Um, But when it got to it, and I would have been pissed they had passed on on Buffkin. Would you have been pissed if they had gone Cam Whitmore? No, I would not have. I wouldn't have either. I would have been like, it's fair. Like, you take the swing. Yeah. Top five. I mean, top five guy. Yeah. Like, I just. I never engage in those conversations because it's like, I don't know. I didn't see the medical. Like, I wasn't at the interview. Like, I, I have no idea. Uh, I I'm more I would more be mad about it if I was, like, a Utah fan or whatever, and we we had two first-round picks and passed on them with the second one. Like, Houston did the right thing. Like, yeah, take him. We were thinking about him at four. Yeah, we'll take him at 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, any final Hawks off-season thoughts, Max? We wrap up here today. No, um, that was a that was a very complete Hawks rundown. I am I feel better. Getting, I don't actually. Oh um, no, I think like I feel better getting all this out and talking through it because I think <laughs> this team is stuck. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Um, and they have to get unstuck. Like the the Falcons is a great parallel. Like the Falcons were stuck mm. and they got unstuck, and now they're in a really aggressive position, and I think that's great. It's a little harder to do that in the NBA, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know the out. Do you know what my take is on this, too? Go go on. I think Wrestler is in his Vivek Rana Dive phase. <laughs> I'm worried that that is going to be the under-talked about point here where we don't have to get into who's running the Hawks front office or who's the <laughs> final decision maker and the new titles that were put out this week, but... I think my gut tells me there's just going to be a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of competing voices. It's not going to be the Travis Schlink era where it was Travis Schlink show continuity. They know what they're doing. They pivoted back the other way. Like, Oh, we're going to do this. So wrestlers in that he hasn't figured out what kind of owner he wants to be yet. And how hands on he wants to be yet. My gut tells me there's going to be more stormy years ahead before things get better i think he a lot of owners in sports have to like really mess up and really fall apart and really struggle for years and then they're like all right hands off like i'm just gonna hire the right guy and then like i i figure i've seen stuff i've figured out how this league works i figured out how all this works i've hired poorly i'm just i'm out i think we have to go through that zone with the that's what that's what Ishbia is in the beginning stages of in Phoenix. Oh yeah, that one thousand percent going to be a mess in like three years, um, less two yeah. years, one year. I don't know if they sign Kyrie. Like, look at Brooklyn; they, might... they just went through it. They're a new owner; like, yeah. they were going through it. No, I'm. I get it. Um, obviously, we are not privy to what's going on in that front office, but yeah. Look at the two teams in the finals this year. Longtime I, I owners. Be, look at the Celtics. Longtime curious. owners. I'd be curious to learn about how hands-on or hands-off wrestler was in the DeJounte move. Mm. Um, I think it seems very clear, like, 
based on what happened with Schlenk, that Schlenk probably wasn't super keen about that. Um, Cause he was like, demo- like when did I, I need to look at the timelines of like when that trade like happened. And then- right? He was, he was demoted like mid season. I don't think it was earlier than that. He was demoted really? earlier than mid season. Travis Schlenk demoted. Cause remember they moved him on the site. Remember it was like subtle. Like, I don't know when it actually they, they, happened, they, like, but my gut tells me it was before yeah. it was public. Like it had been in the works for a little bit is my guess. It Travis seems like last last off season was uh, sort of the breaking point there, which, by the way, like I understand, it was Schlenk December, it, by the way, when it went public that he was demoted. When it went public, okay. So Schlenk was Schlenk obviously made the Trey Luca trade, and like that is more important than anything else he could have done. But like he was really, really good at evaluating talent mm. in the draft, um, and that I mean we'll see we'll see if these guys are as well, but that's going to be a real loss. Like I, I thought he was really good at that. And that is, the can you imagine that... if he had gotten an opportunity to take Luca? <laughs> well, okay. It's more like if he had taken Luca, like this team would, would be a finals contender every year. Like the way that he built this team, they would I'm be a perennial finals contender. It's just a fact. Um, but also if they had taken Giannis and they didn't. So anyway, that one's okay. Like Giannis who like, it is, lately, it is like... but like it hurts more that it like, seems like they really thought about it yeah anyway how's that for you feel better God, that's the most hawks ending possible if only they had done this thing that would have uh set the franchise up for the next 10 to 15 years that was actually right yeah. there that was you know also who right... would be great with who luca no Dejounte needs yeah. to be in a fast offense. He needs to be in a D'Antoni offense. He needs to be pace and space. He needs to be moving the ball, cutting and on a dime, using his speed over and over again. He needs to be in that kind. Of, Luca plays in the slowest game in in the NBA. I don't think he and Luca fit at all. That's why Kyrie okay. actually makes sense. If Kyrie is a good, an even okay defender, they actually make a bunch of sense because they want to play the same way. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, it makes I'm... sense. Like that makes more sense to me. Like I get it. Jimmy Butler went to Miami because he wants to play a style. Kyle Lowry was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, I love playing slow ball. Like, this is fantastic. I guess. I don't know. DeJounte is a tough one. I don't even know who would, like, honestly, the best fit for him is probably, like, Houston. San Antonio with Wemby. No. You know, Trey Young with Wemby. I was thinking on Yekka with Wemby. Mm-hmm. San Antonio would be the team that would trade for him, by the way. For Inyeka? Yeah. Yeah. If he was available, I think he'd be great there. Yeah. That would suck. Um Well, Max Markovich, thank you as always uh for hopping on the pod. Talk all things Atlanta Hawks this week. Um Braves, Michael Soroka making his return tonight. So we'll see how that goes. But Falcons will be here before you know it. Uh Des Ritter hype cranked up the ten. Oh man, reading the Josh Kendall article today. Oof. Natural leader. Got me going. Great stuff. Just don't look at the past history of the number three. I know the, the list of third round quarterbacks was not uh it's not exciting. No. And I might have to pick because like the odds of him and Hendon Hooker hitting <laughs> as third round quarterbacks might be slim to none. It's yeah, tough. I don't know about your thirty five year old Hendon Hooker. Okay, that's enough. Uh Max Markovich, always a pleasure. I'll talk to you next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 